0: to the episode number 16 of The Third Power. I am here with, of course, as always, I'm here with my co-host Usman Jamil.
1: Yep, hi. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is Anthony Abitolo, and we have a special guest today. Uh, Adam Staborski will be joining us.
2: I'm already here. See
0: <laughs> so that? Festius, I said he was going to be joining us And bam, he was there, just like that And the reason why Adam's here with us today Is we're actually going to talk about an awesome project uh, That both he and Trick Jarrett Have been working on over at GatheringMagic.com Called the Community Cube Community Cube Yes, that's right So actually, in, in that spirit um, Before we get to today's a pack That has evolved with the Community Cube I want to go ahead and, and just take a moment And yeah, apologize to all you guys out there for how long it's been between episodes. Um, we've had a lot of stuff happen since then. We've had some bannings in Standard. We've had a lot of spoilers for a new set. And we've had a MTG cast hack. So uh if any of you guys out there who enjoy listening to the show were subscribed, you're going to have to go ahead and resubscribe. So go ahead and hit pause. You guys can go ahead and do that now. Cool. And let's go ahead and get to the cracker pack. Let's get right to it.
2: Alright, well, I have a pack from my cube, which oh. is a popper cube. Okay. It's, uh, it's not the community cube, but it's uh, pretty similar, um, as most popper cubes are wont to do. So I'm just going to run down these 15 random cards.
0: Sweet.
2: Uh, we have Blind Hunter.
0: That's the uh, guy, the 2-2 flyer oh. with Haunt, right?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Dragon okay. Lives too. We have the classic fireball. Ooh. Uh, Deadshot Minotaur. Not bad. Uh, Vault Scourge. Ooh, okay. Hmm. I like him. I think he's great. Uh, we have consumed spirit. Or, uh sorry, consumed strength. Ooh. Oh, the that's uh, the
0: uh the one from Apocalypse.
2: Of course. Sweet. Yeah, the plus two and awesome the minus nice two. two. Uh, memory Lapse. All right. Oh, nice. Uh, Worm Fang Drake. Oh, I like that one. Which is different. Uh, it's like the... Well, we can talk about it a little bit while. I really like that card. Uh, we have Kemba Skyguard. All right. Hmm. Uh, Volshock Morningstar. Oh, the detail of the format. Yeah. Uh, Quicksand. Hmm. Thank you, World Wake. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I have a very special copy of Jilt.
0: Ooh. Are you going to tell us what's so special about it?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, signed, and Usman sent it to me.
0: Wow. Pretty fancy.
2: So it has cooties.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's on the no-fly list?
1: (laughs) Yeah. By the way, I totally laughed, like, like crazy when I read that in the uh, uh, your uh, draft report thingy.
2: <laughs> the uh, the next card was Weirbear, Bear, and then uh, Spined Thopter.
0: Wait, Weirbear? Weir bear? Bearbear. Bear. Bear. And what was that
2: Spined <laughs> Thopter? Spined Thopter.
0: So we have both flyers from uh, New Phyrexia with the Yep team that in here.
2: Wow. All
0: right, we got two more cards, right?
2: Yep, Scroll Thief. Ooh. Which is a pretty spicy option. Yeah, it is. And finally, Phantom Nomad. Hmm.
0: And that is part of the Phantom Centaur, Phantom Neshoba family, but the small one?
2: Yeah. And, yeah it's, uh, it's the 2-2 for... It's basically like a persister. Okay. For the most part. You, know, you block with it, it stays in play as a 1-1.
0: Sure. It's interesting way to look at it.
2: But it makes a nice combo with equipment like Bullshock Morningstar. That's very true.
0: All right. Well, you guys can get to it because you know I look at this. I, I look at this set of cards, and it seems really easy to me. But I, I want to reserve my opinion for a little bit later. Why well, don't you guys talk a little bit about what your first pick is here?
2: Um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like, I mean, this is like the equivalent of opening uh, a regular cube with, like, Jeet in the pack. I mean, you pretty much just take it every time. I mean, Fireball's here, it's one mana, it's, um, it's, it's pretty good. You'll probably splash it in any deck, almost any deck you draft, whether it's, you know, some sort of green mid range deck, or, like, a controller stack, or, you know, an aggro deck, um... You know, if we were to eliminate that and say, you know, let's say, let's pretend it was a 14-card pack and Fireball wasn't here. Okay. Um, then the decision gets a lot harder, and I think I would take Bullshock Morningstar. Yeah, I kind of felt the same. Like,
1: uh, Fireball was, like, Windmill Slam, and then after that, like, the Morningstar was the other Windmill Slam. Like, I don't know if I would say, honestly, that uh, Bullshock Morningstar is the true... It's not, like, you know, obviously not the same as Umizawa's Jitte, but... It's, you know, casting cost and equip cost aside, they... Morningstar does a very good job of, like, dominating combat, like... And we're going to talk about the differences between, like, commons cubes and, like, uh, quote-unquote regular cubes, which I'm assuming most of you are more familiar with, like, regular cubes and, you know, power and unpowered and all that fun stuff. But I, I find one of the things that's, like... Like, there's... Like, there aren't many creatures that are, like, say, above... 4 power. Like, even 4 power is pretty, like, a big thing. Like, you have, like, the Tramplers, the 4-4 Tramplers and cyclers and whatever. So being able to turn, like, say, a 2-2, a random, like, Civic Wayfinder into a 4-4 is pretty huge. And the equip cost is, like, dirt cheap. Comparatively, at least.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because, obviously, when, when you first started reading the pack, and the second card you named was Fireball... And this is like Jesus, I'm look like, for you know, I don't know what else you're gonna be able to name in this pack that's that I would take over Fireball. But your point about Morningstar and something that I wouldn't have realized is that, yeah, I think of all like the five and six power creatures, they're not commons most of the time. You know what I mean? So being able to turn your two twos, you know, that there's going to be a ton of, uh, being able to turn those into creatures that are gonna trade with the quote unquote baddies of the format, or, you know I'm sure they'll you know, there's there's some bigger creatures, but the fact that four is, like, the magical number I think would, would definitely make me take the Morning Star here. Even though i got to tell you, you know, my experiences with cards like Consume Strength and Jilt are just so positive. I, I would be hard-pressed. The only thing keeping me a- away from those is the fact that you need two different colors. And, you know, Morningstar is colorless, and Fireball might as well be colorless because you're splashing for it.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, I don't know too many... I can't think of any multicolored cards, really, unless the pack was really um, awkward, that you would take over, you know, like a non-committal or, like, a splashable card. Yeah, I mean, uh, on a first pick, you just don't want to jump in
0: right. like that. And then even um, though, you know, I would love to have a consume Strength or a Jilt in my deck, I'm not going to take it first, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. The, um... The, the thing that I like about this pack is there's a lot of little interesting things in here. You um, said you
0: wanted to talk about Wormfang Drake a little bit.
2: Yeah, Wormfang Drake is a very funny card. Um, Usman wrote about it at one point and kind of compared it to Totem Armor. But um, I kind of look at it as like, as like a bounce reset, like a value plus. Like when you look at stuff like, um, you know, like Chemist Skyguard or... Um, Phantom Nomad, like something that you maybe want to reset, you know, bouncing it out of play for a 3-4 flyer, and then getting that when it comes back in again, um, just feels incredible. Like being able to um, to rebuy those Enter the Battlefield effects. And at the same time, you're keeping, you know, a nice, fat, flying kind of dude.
0: Right, isn't um, it? Like a 3-4 for 3 also?
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's really efficient. So, like, you can, like, play something on, you know, you can play, like, uh like, I think I actually did this once, like, I drafted Blue-White, um, and I played, like, like Lone Missionary, and then I played Wormfang Drake. Oh! And it was like, you're not gonna kill me, ever. Wow.
0: Well, I mean, even in regular cubes, you know, if you if you look at a 3-4 a flyer for 3, I mean, pretty powerful.
2: I mean, so, you need to have a creature in play, that's, yeah, that's right, the tricky part.
0: Which is fine, you know, so it just means you can't play it necessarily in your control decks, but if you're looking at any sort of blue-green, you know, tempo-type deck. It just seems insane, because there are just so many good creatures that you could probably play and, you know, have access to in the first couple of turns. The lone missionary thing seems like would be one of the best-case scenarios, except for maybe, like, an elvish. Uh, what's the elvish card that draw a card when it comes into play for two-mana, one-one?
2: Elvish visionary.
0: Yeah, like, elvish visionary, this guy. <laughs> yeah, awesome.
2: <laughs> Yeah, and you can do you, you can do really insane things. Like you can like if you hardcast a mall drifter, like oh. okay, well, I'm going to take my two two and make him a three four. And if you kill the three four, I get to draw two more cards. So you know, I mean, just little, just, I mean, just inside the color, there's just so much synergy for blue.
0: It's, what um, I mean, you could even I mean, since we're on that path. What if you know uh, you take a card like momentary blank in combination with it and the other creature that's re, you know sees action. Wouldn't the momentary blink remove the guy, bring the other one back in, get your removal effect, and then cycle them you know cycle it back out? Seems like even a way to add even more value to those kind of interactions.
2: Oh wow! Yep. Yeah, I mean that's something that I push in in blue white for for my cube is just those enter battlefield and flicker type cards. Like, of course, Skyfisher is just absolutely bonkers.
0: Yeah, that, I mean that card's good in regular cubes, in my opinion. Yeah, so be
2: sick. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets way better. Way way better in uh, upper cubes because the three toughness on a on a flyer in commons. I was like, that's not
1: found often. Like there's spire monitor, etc. Which, but yeah, you're not finding it for two mana. That's for sure.
0: What's the drake, the blue drake that you pay white to unmorph it?
1: Whip spine drake.
0: Is that what that is from times uh, from uh, future site?
2: Mm-hmm, yeah,
1: that guy's
0: common, right?
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: That guy seems like he'd be pretty good too.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I've been on the fence. I mean I mean there's uh I mean there's just the three three flying for four in, in blue white anyway. Um and, and then when you're looking at like spending five mana like spire monitor just seems like something you'd rather have almost every time if you're playing blue.
0: Yeah, it provides me with a little bit of I always like having multiple morphs in each color though, so people just don't always know what it is.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's something I've struggled with, but I, you know, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's a really good idea. It's something I've really tried to figure out. I haven't come to a good solution yet, but like and 90% of the time I know what the morph is. Yeah.
0: Right. And you're a little limited because, you know, there are definitely morphs that you want to kill right away. And then there are, at least for rare cubes, and like I so said, that, that's my frame of reference. And then there are, you know, the ones that, okay, I really don't want to kill that.
1: Yeah, like you know, I like, I like having
0: people have to guess yeah. a little bit. I don't know if that's something that can be done with just compliments or not. I'm assuming it could be, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds right. Like, there's just, I just, it, it, just like in regular cubes, I just wish there were more good morphs. Like, I don't know. It just seems like, at least in, I know in, like, rare cubes, it's like, what's that white, like, like two planes and an island or something, and you play a morph on turn three. It's like, I wonder what that is. It's like Exalted Angel or something, or White Green or something, or White Black. Right.
0: They're like, bolt it. You're like, zombie cutthroat, you. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot.
1: It's like, what? What?
0: There's something about me that really likes zombie cutthroat, just because there's such a dagger in Onslaught Block Draft. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Well, let's, uh, alright, so we're pretty much Consensus Fireball and if there's no Fireball, then Morningstar, right?
2: Yep. That sounds right. Of this pack,
0: So, pretty pretty simple pack. but there's, you know, a lot of, you know, when you start listing off those cards, like, the, the neat thing to me about you guys talking about this pauper cube is that, you know, the first card your name is Blind Hunter, and I have, like, flashbacks to, you know, Ravnica Block Trap. I'm like, oh, man, Blind Hunter was so cool, you know, like, man, that was awesome, and then you're like, Consume Strength, I'm like, Oh man! yeah, apocalypse and oh Jill, Oh yeah, you know so i I think I don't know so far of it that that seems to be a really neat aspect of it to me is that uh and something I've been on a little bit of a crusade recently is uh things like uh i, I find that at, in rare cubes, um I think combat tricks are a little are going the way of the dodo. Actual, just you know, giant growths and, and and you know just basic combat tricks that aren't removal. And while consume strength is obviously both, you know, cards that allow you to be tricky are, are always appreciated. And I, I'm hoping that you guys will tell me that there's there's more of that type of combat interaction in Pauper cubes than there than there are in others.
1: Yeah, I think so. Or at least there are more good, like you know, like in my cube, the only in my rare cube, the only like giant growth variant that I run is uh Vines of Basswood. But in like my comments cube, there's like uh Groundswell uh I think it was like Groundswell. I remember running Gather Courage for about five minutes and then cutting it. I was like, eh, this doesn't do enough or whatever.
0: Giant Growth, I hope.
1: Uh I don't think I had Giant Growth. I don't I know. I think I had like the, like the uh landfall one and then I think that one. And I think there might have been another one, but Wild Size the uh the one from Ravnica where it was like plus two plus two and then cantrip and uh, plus two plus two would trample, I think, right? Um, I, I, I think, I'm pretty sure.
0: That sounds about right. But well, let's let's talk since we're we getting on that subject. Let's let's talk about that a little bit uh, about what the community cube is and, and what it actually has to do with with pauper cubing. Um. I, I obviously have, have read up about it, but if our listeners haven't, you guys should really go check it out. Adam, why don't you kind of explain what it is and, and explain why people should be going and, and checking it out?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the Popper Cube is um, it's a cube project that, that Trick approached me about and that um, we've kind of gone headfirst in with. And basically the premise is this, to to have a cube that is for the community. That is, it would go from player to player you know, from draft to draft, from event to event, and just keep moving around. Um, And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that kind of chains cubing is that um, it stays with one person. You know, you've got your cube, and you go with it. And if you don't know people or, you know, you 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 don't trust people or whatever, you know, it's a little different that you just play with this cube and, you know, with your friends and that's it. You know, this is something that's meant to encourage people to, to pick up and fill up you know, the eighth person with random people, that it's something that at the end of the draft, you know, somebody else takes it. It's not meant to be just one person holding on to it and, and taking it around everywhere. Um, you know, it's not meant to be um, something that just sits in, uh, you know, a magic bag over an entire event weekend. You know, it's meant to, to be given away and, and keep moving. Um, and basically, it's a popper cube, so it's all commons, um, which, you know, is part of the, you know, the risk mitigation thing. You know, we don't want to put a bunch of rares out there. But basically, um, I pulled together, um, you know, just to walk through where we are right now. I pulled together a bunch of aggregate lists of popper cubes um, that I that I had submitted and found from from everywhere. Um, put uh, put cards up for voting um, that needed to be cut or added, and I got some feedback from from Usman, uh, from Taya Steele from and from. Uh, uh, Alexander Ullman, um, all very different Popper and cube methodologies. They played with all different kinds of cubes, and uh, they um, they helped us um, take a vote, finalize a list, and now it's basically ready to be drafted at tappedout.net. And the best part about this is that the cube, as voted by the community, this was regular readers. It's not something that I just came up with and instituted, but it's actually Magic Online uh, compatible, like Teas Cube. So if you've ever seen um, Taya, which is WMap on uh, Twitter, she she will host a draft on Out, and you'll go onto Magic Online and you can build the, the your decks online with cards and Magic Online. They're all available and um, play, and so you can actually play you know real cube matches online anywhere. And so we're at a point where we're ready to to do some of that to to get some fake drafts, you know some some not fake drafts but to get some <laughs> some live drafts in. It is fake drafting. I, I like drafting with people, but I'm a yeah. special player. So same. <laughs> you, you know what I mean.
0: I I, not, I know completely what you mean.
2: It's the same but different. But um, I, I just need data. I need those data points um to to put together. You know what are the decks that are going to emerge? You know what do people feel about the the picks and what's available. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that you know you could theory craft all you want about a cube. I mean, it's like anything else. You can think about it. You can look at it. You can poke at it with a stick. But until you actually jump in there and Feel it out and get a sense of what's going on. You're not going to notice things, and um, obviously the cube will continue to be developed. And uh, you know we haven't exactly worked out what system for updates and things we want to do, but it's definitely something that will continue uh, going forward. So it's um, you know you, probably by the time this goes live, uh, you know you'll be you'll be able to see an article go up on Wednesday about kind of what what was seen in the drafts.
0: Mm. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, I totally know what you mean about the, the Magic Online versus no. Um, you know, I started playing Magic Online back during its original beta and started playing it. I was like, oh, cool, I can kind of play Magic, whatever. And I quickly realized that a big part of playing Magic for me was talking to people <laughs> and interacting with people and slapping high fives and screaming. And It's just not as satisfying sitting at home by yourself. I don't
1: know. Like, like, yeah, yeah high five
0: myself. <laughs> Good play, you know. Just right. I kind mean, of you go to my cats and they're looking at me. And you're like, what?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> feed me, idiot. What are you doing? Well, see, I'll just, I'll just slap my cat. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I mean that affectionately. It's a little, it's a little tap, and I scruff it around the neck, and it starts purring, and it's all happy and stuff. But oh, you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: and they're like, cool, feed me. And you're like, no, I'm drafting. I'm pretty playing. much. Thing. Well, I think the the idea of, of being able to, to kind of ship it around from place to place is the thing that I think intrigues, intrigues me the most because hopefully we'll just see a, a bunch of action on that. Now, uh, do you have any suggestions on how people determine who is going to take it next?
2: Um, I mean, there there are a lot of ways to go about it. You can have the draft win. I mean, it's up to the it's up to the draft. Like you know, some ways that I would suggest or or Trick might suggest is have you know have a random lottery at the end or like have a draft winner or like the draft loser. You know, like somebody who didn't do very well. Well, take it and play again. You know, mm-hmm. you know, go ahead and you know you've got to get exposure to that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I definitely know that the way I drafted my very first Cube draft net uh, compared to how I approach Cube drafts now is really changed it's it's a you know it's a very different shift i mean it's you know it's, it's it's good and bad you know but um there's definitely there's definitely ways to approach drafting and um having people have that second chance is great so um sure. roll a die at the end um you know if you've got somebody who you know who's going to another event like somebody who's running like you know say the star city games open circuit or they're running you know from one end and they're flying back home to california you know let that happen, you know, get it across the country, get it to a whole different area, a whole different group of people, and um, hopefully to keep it moving.
0: Now, if I remember correctly, you guys are going to kind of where is Georgia a little bit and have people check in kind of where the, where the cube is at any given moment. What's, uh, what do you suggest for, and, you know, like I said, I'm just asking questions of things that come to mind, on, on how to keep track of where it is and to make sure that it keeps moving.
2: Well, there will be some information with uh, with the deck. Um, I don't have all the exact details, but basically there will be a you know a, a flash drive or something of the similar with a with a web link, so you can just go straight to like the Facebook page and check in. Um, you know, being able to, to check in at the Facebook page is, is you know something that we'll ask. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, you know, I mean like anything else like the, with with magic decks. I mean, there's nothing to stop somebody who really wants to steal this. From stealing it, uh, but we're hoping that the you know the the idea is that the social force of you know hey this is something for good this is something you share it's not worth a lot, um, you know it's not like it's going to be you know double sleeved uh, you know foil signed cards alternate art painted you know this this really Prim- nice nice <laughs>
0: yeah like yeah
2: you know, like Usman can vouch for it like I like I like I work pretty hard at, at pimping out my cube like yeah um, it is really I really cute. take. Yeah, it's not even pride things. I really like it, and I want it. I want it to look really cool. Um, but this will just be you know, just you know, like like a taste of it. You know, it's not you know, it's not. Some people call it. It's not a real cube, which we can talk about a little bit more later. But it's definitely you know a, a really fun draft, a really great great way to to get a feel for how when you put together a whole bunch of cards you've selected it feels so much different drafting it than like picking up booster packs. Sure, it's the same, but. You know, it definitely feels much different, and uh, we hope to get that um, that experience out there for people.
0: Sure, and we're definitely gonna we're we're gonna bank on the power of peer pressure to to kind of keep it moving and and keep it circulating and positive peer pressure basically to keep things moving around. Well, that's cool. You guys can check in with it because you know I don't know if if I don't know how old or, or young our listeners are. If People remember where's George? do either of you guys remember that?
1: I just remember where's Wall though, but that isn't
0: the same thing, of course. Adam, do you remember where's George? I do not. Okay. Oh wow. So man, I get to talk about where's George. Um, I think the website is still up. And what it was is it's a uh, someone decided to track the movement of dollar bills in the country. And oh. what they would do is they stamped where's www. You know where's George.com on certain dollar bills. And whenever you would get one, you would go to the website and you can mark where it is. And what it'll do is it'll give you um, where it started, where it first checked in, all the different places along the line, at what speed it's traveling. You know, it moved seven miles in five months. It's moving at, you know, .03 miles an hour, you know, or flying across country. And and it's kind of grown to track, you know, it was originally done to track $1 bills, hence George, for George Washington, um, but they started, it's kind of grown to other bills and Canadian money, and it's basically just this huge currency tracking project. And that's kind of what your your page reminded me of, is kind of a cube tracking project to see where it winds up going.
1: I like that. Have you thought of, uh, Adam, have you thought of having people, like, who draft the cube, like, sign? Like, is it going to be held in, like, a 1K box kind of thing? Uh, it's, as far as I'm aware, yeah, I mean, just a standard long box. Okay, well, you have people, like, an idea I just thought of like, having people who have drafted it, like, sign it, or, like, you know, just, like, say, hey, I'm some dude, or whatever, and just, like, signing it, and then, like, you know, as it gets uh, moved around, it, like, having it just, like, covered with signatures. I don't know, I just, I'm just a sucker for signatures, I don't know, I just think that's cool, but.
2: Well, I mean, that's something we would hope, with, like, you know, on the, on the Community Cube Facebook page, you know, you just go in and post, like, you know, hey, drafted the cube, you know, took this picture, this was my, you know, this was my hand, my second hand, and it's just, like, an insane opening hand, you know, like, yeah, I won that draft. You know, like, go ahead and, like, share, like, the sick beat stories and, you know, the, the nut draw stories and, um, you know, it's it's kind of meant to... And those why guys have to, like, leave your their
0: stories.
1: Beat. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Why, why are you running Goblin Patrol or whatever? God, I've just had, like, somebody complain, like, my cube was running, like, Wild Dogs and Goblin Patrol because Wild Dog changes his size and I'm like, I roll. Yeah.
2: Goblin Patrol beatdown is so good. Get there for two.
0: Hey man, attacking for two is uh not to be uh frowned upon, that's for sure.
1: It's a good pass time.
0: However, when uh when it's done with Goblin Patrol, it's a little more awkward than uh than usual, but okay. You know. I played Goblin Patrol in a deck back in the uh back in the day. It was just like the one drop red deck. That had uh like Goblin P- Patrol and Goblin Cadets. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. Mog Fanatic, and Lightning Bolt, and Shock, and basically <laughs> the whole whole deck was like one minute. Goblin Grenade. Yeah, coming back. Coming reprinted. Back.
1: Well, Yeah. And there's some interesting <laughs> stuff coming in, like, uh, in M12, too, for commons. Or just in general, even. But.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a whole different discussion. I, I'd i love to, to get into M12 commons, but I think that's for another day.
0: And you said the uh, articles go up every Wednesday... Um, when is the cube actually preparing to launch, kind of, and get out into the community and start circulating, Adam?
2: Uh, it'll go live at uh, GenCon. Uh, Trick's going to take it out there, and um, you know there will be you know a, a draft. You know there will be more information around exactly what's going to happen, how and when, with it. But um, yeah,
0: when is GenCon?
2: Uh, it's U.S. Nationals. It's like August fourth, fifth, and sixth, or something like that. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, cl- clearly I'm qualified, and I'm heading out there right away. <laughs> <laughs> but right now.
0: Uh, yeah, Gen self-priced. Con, I, I'm kind of mad that uh, I, I when I lived in the Ohio Valley area, I was always, always had a chance to go to Origins and, and go over to Gen Con, and since, you know, moving to the West Coast and now living in the South, I'm always like, man, I kind of wish I could go. This would be... Uh, this would definitely be one of those things that would, that would uh, motivate me to kind of to get out there and and be part of that first draft. Um, how big is the cube going to be, Adam?
2: Uh, it's it's almost five hundred. It's like four ninety.
0: So you're looking at supporting uh, a, a maximum of how many at one time? Of ten
2: 11. at one time? I mean, if you drafted every card, I think you could do ten. Um, yeah, I imagine most drafts would be six to eight, like normal cubes. Just
0: wondering to so get as much information out there as possible about it. Um, now, at any point in time, are you planning on, is this something that's going to just stay out in the community, or is it going to come home for maintenance when new sets come out, or you know, when it needs new sleeves, or you know, or over or, yeah, I mean, or or the maintenance just some... be done by the people who own it through the Facebook page, like adding new cards and, and such?
2: Um, I mean, I think there are... You know I we don't have an exact plan yeah okay. um, you know I mean obviously this is kind of like a new experience and so we want to see if like it could just drop off the face and like nobody knows what's happened to it after Gen con like that would be like the worst case scenario
0: right they could um, um, someone could could tell you that they have top people working on it and you just may never see it again
2: yeah um, but you know ideally you know we probably have some sort of check- in you know every every so many months. And um, that's when updates, That's what, that, that would be, you know, at the latest when updates would be made. But, I did, you know, with being all commons, especially commons from the latest sets, are just, like, a dime a dozen. Like, they're just everywhere.
0: Yeah, you just walk, um, around, uh, walk around those events and find them on tables.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, being able to, you know, being able to find something like, oh, I need, uh, what's that? It's my favorite discard ever from the newest set.
0: Mutagenic Growth?
2: No, no, uh, M12. Uh, skywinder drake like go ahead and find one of those and shove in there instead of this you know yeah you know, it's certainly possible um, you know there's there's definitely some room to to try to figure out what the best update is so you know it's brand new we're we're still we're still figuring it out with everyone else
0: well cool well, it's, uh, well if i ask any questions then it's just you know hopefully i maybe contributing to the process of of figuring out what to do with it and so it's a proper cube right so all all commons settings
2: yeah, it's it's uh it's it's a popper cube, uh it's magic online eligible, and it also uses magic both paper and magic online uh eligibility. It's an inclusive or. If it was a common online or a common in paper, it's fine. So
1: like uh okay. Phantom Monster is which was like a, a commons in like
2: Masters Edition, for example, like that's that's it. Yes. That's yep. Yeah, like the greatest rub in the world for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So basically, like, as long as it's been printed in common in some form, then it's it's, it's eligible. Right. <clears throat> Except for that you're excluding non-magic online cards. At least, you know, until they print the rest of the sets or whatever.
2: Right. Right. That if it's yeah. not, um, you know, if it wasn't time-shifted or in, like, a dual-deck release, basically, Mass Block is off-limits right now. Okay.
0: Very cool. Well, as far as Popper, go, I mean, I. You guys have to talk about. I know we did a. You guys did a podcast a long time ago about about Popper, uh, the format. What's the format called that has uncommons too? Isn't
2: it like peasant. Is that? It's, it's peasant, peasant, but most of the time you just call it a common uncommon cube.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, Much more specific. Would yeah. regular
0: ones be called Prince? Then so you yeah. have the Prince <laughs> Popper and the peasant.
1: I think that would be unpowered. Like unpowered would be Prince and like. I don't know what a powered Q would be. Some other word that sorts of Like e.
0: Pasha? Is that like the royalty of, super high royalty of like Eastern Middle Eastern cultures?
1: I don't know. Probably. I should know that, no. but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I thought I was asking the right person. Apparently not.
2: Well, oh, he uh, can't go back home and check because he can't fly. <laughs> <laughs> this is true.
0: This is true. You got me. Never, never even thought about that. So, so all commons, and you know, are Why don't we talk a little bit about that? Because, you know, I'd like to hear it again. Um, as as far as, you know, how do you with Popper Cube? Obviously, you know, you still want balanced colors and things of that nature. But you know, how do you balance colors and archetypes? And you know, are you are you trying to make it? You know, whereas my cube, I like to have lots of. Obviously, I you know have jam as many powerful cards as possible, but I like to have build around cards not necessarily linear themes, but archetypes that you can draft. What is... How do you go about that sort of thing when you're constricted to just commons?
1: Well, I think maybe the methodology is, like, different, like, what card you use, but I think it's kind of similar, at least in how you, like, you know, you know, critical mass, like, you know, if you're going to, like, if we're going to have just, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Gold Medal Harrier is your one drop in white, then obviously white aggro (laughs) is going to suck, but... I don't know, it's kind of similar. Like, you know, there are different constraints. Like, you know, you don't have planeswalkers, which is somewhat sad, but then again, that would ruin limited if it was. And other things like that. Like, I don't know. Like, uh I mean, there's some differences. Like, uh, we were talking about, you know, when we were riffing before the show, like, uh there's a card called uh, Evan Carr's Justice. And, I don't know, like, I'm assuming everybody, nobody really knows what the card does, aside from, I mean, it got reprinted in the commander box, so maybe, but it's, like, two and two black, sorcery, uh, deals two to each creature in each player, and then buy back three. Like, in a regular, like, in a powered cube, you know, rightfully so, people be like, this card's horrible, this is, like, bad volcanic fallout, and I'm not even running volcanic fallout, like, why would I run this, this card's bad, but, just, like, you know, just, like, using that to, like, uh, for giving that kind of tool for black uh, control decks, because there are few Wraths in the format. I don't know, I'm going to get off my soapbox.
2: <laughs> right. what, what I think Usman was trying to say is that, you know, the, the two biggest differences between, um, you know, the normal, everyday, you know, cube full of awesome rares and stuff and a popper cube are, one, uh, the presence of Wrath effects in general. Wrath of God, Day of Judgment—all of almost all of those effects um, are rare, you know. And you can get pseudo equivalents, um, basically, in black. Like Edmecar's Justice is is a pretty good one. Um, Pestilence,
0: yeah, Pestilence. Pestilence I was going to say um,
2: they're both commons, and they can they can almost wipe the board. You know, they usually do when they hit play and you have life. So it's um, you know it's it's very different. You don't have like the white. The blue-white control deck with every wrath effect and planeswalkers. You don't have the blue. You don't have the white-black control deck with every wrath effect and um, you know just really efficient beaters and reanimation effects. Um, you know the and the other main difference is just the 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 level of power that the bombs have. You know that that uh, regular cubes have just such incredibly powerful cards. I mean planeswalkers just as a whole are stupid good. They're just amazing. And um, even the bad planeswalkers can just really do some awkward things, just because they're the the way to attack them is the same way as attacking another player. When you're at a stalemate or in a position where you really can't attack effectively, you know the planeswalker just hides there and is pretty much invulnerable in most circumstances. So it's a really good, um, really good type of permanent. um, You know, you don't have those type of things in common. You know, there's a couple exceptions. You know, there's like Blastoderm, which basically reads like an abyss for three turns. Yeah. Or 15 damage to the opponent. Like, it's a really good deal no matter what combination of those two things you get. Um, you know, you've got like, Guardian of the Guild Pact and, uh, you know, Protection from Monocolor, which shuts off, you know, 80%, 90% of most cubes. Um, you've got stuff like, uh, Rolling Thunder and Fireball, just really classical. You know, uh, just gonna blow 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 your face off. Like Rolling Thunder is common.
0: There is so nuts. From, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Like Tempest was the original Zendikar. Like Triple Tempest is like drafting Zendikar. Nothing changed really, except there's better removal in Tempest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth, it gets better. The um you know, so so you get a couple of those kind of things, but most of it, you know, just comes down to, you know, you end up playing decks that feel much more fair and so the decision process goes from how do I how do I maximize this amazing resource I have to how do I get ahead on the in board position and attrition? How can I outposition myself and get in uh you know, the extra two or four damage, you know? It's um you know, that's kind of how I've approached like you, you know, there's, you know, there's different ways to, to kind of handle that, but, um, I've really enjoyed, you know, making this, uh, you know, you you want to attack and you want to block, and you've got creatures that are good for both, and, um, you know, it's very different from the world of control ma you know, with control magic effects and planeswalkers, you know, just the overall The mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of similarities, you know, you end up having, you know, the aggro decks and the control decks and the tempo decks and the ramp decks, but, how the tools they're using it with and what their end game looks like are very different.
0: Now, would it, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I most likely will be at some point here, um, but our cards, so the the bombier side of cards, are those going to be cards that do break stalls? Because, so, you know, in my mind, I think of, you know, limited formats, um you know, without planeswalkers and without, you know, super powerful swingy effects, is I feel like the, you know, a lot of them could become ground stalls. Um, one, does that happen very often? And two, does that make any sort of sweepers, falter effects, alpha strike uh, effects, does, does it make those things into that much bigger bombs in the format?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, any limited format is prone to stalling. Um, you know, I think probably m 10 is probably, you know, the most classic example, you know, in in modern magic of that. You know, you just end up with a lot of dudes that neither side really can attack, and then, like, somebody draws a sleep, and it's game over. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, similar things can happen. Um, I've made an effort in my cube to include a lot of different types of evasion. Like, I've got some horsemanship guys, Shadow, a lot of flyers, um, first strike, big dudes with trample. Um, Those are all ways to get around this locking effect, like, you know, like, you know, you end up, you end up just making a really awkward decision for the opponent. It's like a reverse Punisher thing. Like, if you're attacking with, like, say, Stampede Rhinos, it's a 4-4 Trample for 5. Not very exciting usually, but when you're attacking into a pack of two twos that are holding you back, and you're, you know, you're threatening a giant growth effect, how many dudes does your opponent block with? Do they block? You know, if they do block, you know, do they double block? And things like that where you end up, being able to take out additional dudes and kind of break up that stalemate um, happens. Um, the Rant can get into, like, Maul Splicer or um, Ulumog's Crusher, both of which are just, you know, a lot of dudes in a hurry, and that usually tips the scale. Um, you know, Blue has access to stuff like Aaron Ephemeron. Um, red gets, like, Pouncing Cavu, which is a, when it's a kick, it's a 3-3 first strike haste. Right. That's, you know, usually a really good way to pants your opponent who, doesn't have a good answer for that. You know that there are things that help break that up. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so you have,
0: to, so be, you have to concentrate a little more on. Yeah, you got to think about how those many are in, in there.
2: Yeah, okay. um, a card that I'm looking probably I'll probably test here pretty soon is um, the the falter for non-artifact creatures from New Phyrexia. I
1: should know, know the name about? of this, but I don't remember. It's like man. I fail. I don't know the name
2: of it. <laughs> yeah, it's not Active Aggression. It's yeah,
1: I know um, it's not the Active Aggression. It's a... To the Google Mobile.
0: <laughs> yeah, I haven't drafted this set hardly at all, so... <laughs> I'm going to be bad for card names.
2: Ruthless Invasion. Yes. Yeah, it t- took me a second to remember it. But um, Ruthless Invasion is something that I want to test in my cube. Like, because there are so few artifact creatures. Like, it goes from being a modest to mediocre effect in, like scars block draft to you know one turn of just your creatures are unblockable yeah you know, and it's the same with um, there's a cycling version of a card that that's in uh, m12 it's you know when you when you play it you know all your creatures gain fear until end of turn and um, that was like, that's a good no, that's, that's a good it. way of Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going
0: to say, just go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go. No, you go. No, go, go. Yeah, it, okay,
2: it's, go. you know, like, like having, you know, you know, it's one of the things where, um, you know, and you can probably attest to this some, Anthony, is when, you're, when you draft a cube for the first couple times, you know, there are things that are very clear and, like, you really try to go after them, but when you get enough into it, you start to see these hidden synergies and gems and things that shine a little differently mm-hmm. and that a card that you thought was really good maybe isn't, it's still good, but maybe isn't as good in this deck or this circumstance as this other card that people overlook. Mm-hmm. And you start to grab those instead and and kind of show off what synergies are built into this kind of set you put together. And so cards like that are um, are things that definitely pop up and and uh, help break up those stalemates. Um, you know, like Consume, consume Strength is probably a really good example of something that can just break a stalemate. Because you attack in, they set up blockers, and then you just completely mess up what they did, you know, it's like playing Leeching Bite or something like
0: that. Right, yeah, I mean, it's the original, you know, Leeching Bite because the first time I drafted, you know, at the pre-release, and I saw, uh, excuse me, and I saw Leeching Bite. I'm like, oh man, this is like, just like a small version of Consume Strength, but then again, it's in a format full of X1s. Yep. So, you know, (laughs) I I just remember drafting a lot of those and and having quite a bit of success just being able to do that, and that's something, like I said, my talk earlier about combat tricks, um, as opposed to removal spells, as I feel like, you know, we've gotten away from that in regular cubes, um, but it sounds like they could be very valuable in, you know, in this format, more so maybe than, than in other formats because of the the possibility of increased creature interaction.
2: Yeah, I mean... You know, my my cube has a definitely skews towards, you know, just lots of really good removal. Um, you know, there, there are definitely some tricks. Like, my, my favorite trick in the whole cube is brute force. Like
0: Oh, yeah, I, I like brute force.
2: Yeah, like, if I can take Red Giant Growth, like, there's never been a time I've played it, and it hasn't been utterly crushing, just because nobody sees it coming. They see lightning bolt, they see things, but they never see, brute, you know, brute force. Um or they think they'll, like, two-for-one, like, you attack with a 1-1 one,
1: one into, like, their 3-3, three, three and they're, or maybe like, attack with a 2-2 two, two and their four, 4-4, four and they're like, okay, block, and then bolt, whatever, you two-for-one resolve, and it's like, brute force like, what? 5-5, five, five. <laughs> what is this?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's just something where, I think that's a a part of the art of magic, I think, that we're losing a little bit in, in cubes in general, but it sounds like it's alive and well with, with this format. I mean, uh, it, it definitely can be. Limited, but.
2: Yeah, like, you know, I would say that my cube's not as interactive as some of the other ones out there. You know, I definitely <laughs> like... I'm I'm more interested in making the decisions and, and having that risk-reward of, well, if they have the removal, you know, I shouldn't attack, but if they don't have it, I should. You know, and a lot of hidden information type games, I think that that's, you know, that, that calling somebody's bluff at the right time, you know, is much more exciting to me than you know, having to worry, having to try to play around four different tricks and being smart enough to do it. Um, but okay. Alexander Ullman, one of the guys, you know, that that provided some feedback for the Community Cube, um, plays regularly with Seth Byrne, an old-time...
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: uh, really great guys, and they have, um, I get to see their cube, and their cube really focuses on interactions, and they have a lot less of the you know the the horsemanship and shadow type dudes and a lot more more you know several more morphs a lot more combat type tricks and and uh you know things that you know things that are still useful and and limited and still do things but um there's a lot more a lot more interesting interactions that kind of pop up you know like like bleaching hmm. bite type effects you know feel much better um you know are are definitely something that they would appreciate much more than like uh you know ren flesh
0: mm-hmm. now have you found and like I said you'll you'll excuse me for my ignorance. Um, have you guys found that the M10 rules changes really affected the Popper Cube format, or no?
2: Nah. Not really, I mean, Cause like. Because it really
0: didn't affect regular Cube that much, outside of a couple creatures.
1: I remember people were freaking out, they were like, this, this card, these cards become so bad, like, this card sucks, Mog Fanatic is unplayable now, and, and yeah, it's just the same as regular Cube. Yeah,
2: yeah, Mog, Mog Fanatic stole still fine. Yeah, mean, it, plays, it plays like it originally did, and it was a great card then, so what changed? I don't know.
0: Right, um, I so mean, the, the card, the card I mean, just the biggest thing was taking, very taking away
2: combat damage on the stack. Mm-hmm. That kind of really weakened Blue's, you know, boomerang, bounce, flicker type effects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was really good for for, for Blue to be able to, to do that, and it made it... Um, Made it much more difficult for me to balance around Blue. Um, It took me a while to finally solve what Blue needed, and apparently it was just efficient creatures that fly
1: Hmm. that
2: that seem to give Blue the oomph it needs to get by by, you know, bouncing and and, uh, just slowing an opponent down as it beats in the air.
0: Was Rashad an airship a common
2: three one flyer? So that card's seems
0: sweet in this format. Maybe it, I don't. It,
2: no, no, it absolutely is. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the card. I mean, that's that's the that's my favorite new card in M12. Skywinder Drake is Christian Airship. It's also Cloud Spirit, the original
0: Airship.
2: Yeah. Uh, so like, I now I'll now have three in my cube, and I'm I'm pretty sure that that's completely acceptable. Like, you know, there you know, there's definitely two different paradigms on cubing. One's the I want like every card to be unique, and you know, like. Why would I put Kodama's Reach and Cultivate? They're the same card. In I like redundancy. Like I feel that the fact that they print things in, with different names, like means Cultivate, print, I
0: love Cultivate.
2: Yeah, like it means that that effect is something that players should, you know, like being able to anticipate seeing that effect makes it easy. You know, makes it easier to make other decisions. You know, and I think that that's a fine advantage for players. Like in blue, being able to know that wow, I've got three different three drop flyers, you know, with with three power that I can find in here, you know, you definitely know that you can let one go if you get, like, a miscalculation or something like that that's a little more a little more valuable in the abstract for your dagger. Sure, yeah. So, you know, the, those kind of things are, are things that I like. Um, you know, I'm really sad, like, you know, like, when they printed, uh, you know, like, Go for the Throat, that it's an uncommon instead of a common, you know, like. Yeah, like that Doom Blade. Yeah, I mean being, you know, just being a popper Q fanatic, anytime I see a card w- which I wish was, you know, down, you know, one more rarity was a common like the I don't know if you've seen um Turn to Frog from dm 12 uh what? <laughs> Yeah, perfect. It's one in a blue for an instant target creature. It, it's basically humble. It becomes a a an one own? blue frog with no abilities until end of turn.
0: So like snake form Yeah. Something also. Th- and,
2: so like snake forms are common.
0: You know, yeah, Snake form, sweet. I mean, I like... Snake,
2: form, snake form's a common that's easier to cast than a cantrips. Like, it's green right. removal. It's amazing. <laughs> but Turn to Frog, which doesn't cantrip, is an uncommon. You know, and that makes me sad, but...
0: I um, hear Turn yeah. to Frog, and I feel like someone took the last word and changed it and made a joke out of it.
1: <laughs> Probably.
0: Like, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, you, like every time you say it, I want to hear you say something like, Turn to Frost. Like, yeah. there's, like, some cold snap card that, like, a creature doesn't untap. <laughs> but, like, and then you say, you put a G on the end, and I'm like, w- wait, what? Frog? <laughs> and every time you said it, I've gone, my brain's kind of gone, Fro- frog? Really?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> frog form?
1: Well, we do have Richard and Nured. I mean, that's a frog. I mean, we got we got
0: some frogs. Oh, Brushhopper. brush Brushhopper. Brush was that kind of a frog, too? Yep. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think all the Anurids were were beasts originally, and they went back and made them frogs, because they were clearly frogs. Well, like, Wretched Anurid, like, it was, a, it was a beast
1: zombie, and then it got... No, it was a beast zombie frog. Yeah, yeah. yeah, beast zombie frog. It's like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, Anurid Brushhopper is now a frog beast. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something you'd call an ugly girl when you're in elementary school. Ah. You're a frog beast. <laughs> God, I remember when that card was like a 10 $12 card. Median price, 94 cents.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> was so impossible to deal with when it was in standard.
1: It was <laughs> like, kill it, or ghastly
2: demise. Nope. <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the, you know, probably one of the coolest things about um, Popper Cube is that it, it's one of the ways that if you wanted to have a, have a way of practicing, like, a fun draft format that really reinforces the basics of drafting and, like, looking at a mana curve as you draft and making sure that you've got a correct amount of removal to your creatures, um, you know, first picking or second picking a bomb and being able to kind of force that color and make sure that you end up being making that a playable by the end. Um, you know, it's because it's a, you know, I kind of call it, like, super limited. You know, it's like it's regular limited, but it's just so much more concentrated because everybody still has decks that are capable.
0: Right, oh, and yeah. all the cards are actually playable instead of having skill testers.
2: Oh, yeah, those are the worst. Well, there are definitely some in there. It's just the context changes. Like Manalik, uh, or not, like um, Force Spike and Manatide are really, really good cards. I mean, they definitely have, you know, effective place, They saw constructive play. You know, nobody would argue that they're bad, but when you're playing in a format like a, like a regular limited format... You end up; those cards end up really losing value quickly. And so, you can draft the miscalculation, mana League, force spike, mana deck, but you'll find that those don't serve as hard counterspells. And so, how many of those do you really need for your deck? And which ones do you want more than the others? Um, how many should make your main deck? You know that the cards that you end up picking up and and looking at later, they could become skill testing for the specific deck that you're drafting. And you know that's you know it's one of those really it's a fine point, maybe it's splitting hairs, but you know I, I find those questions really interesting and and uh, the answer is really elusive. you know it's hard to answer. How many mana leaks do you want in a deck? you know in in a popper cube deck? I don't know. I think the answer is one.
0: yeah, I, well I saw in your in the article that Tide was one of the white cards being suggested to be cut, and I was just kind of beside myself. I mean, like man, I run this card in my regular cube. And it's a very welcome addition to every single deck with white mana. You know, like, to be able to get, you know, stop usually what winds up being huge swingy effects, or even just, you know, slowing somebody down and tripping them up for one turn, being able to trade in one mana for someone's four mana or five mana is just such a huge tempo swing. Um, mm-hmm. I was definitely surprised to see that, but, um, and, and you just talking about it, definitely puts it in a, in a slightly different light.
2: Yeah, I mean and part of it is, is that, you know, I, you know, I aggregated different responses, suggestions, and recommendations and you know, I put it up to the community to vote. You know, it wasn't my decision that, well, the, you know, this person made an argument and and pointed something out about it, you know, well, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to unilaterally disregard that and set it aside. You know, I, w- I wanted the community to make its own decision, you know, and I think that it's okay in a collaborative process to put decisions out there that, you know, I I may not agree with, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have put Mana Tide up for cut myself, um, but having it out there is something for people to think about and you know answer for themselves, you know, and try to try to understand their their view on how they think about that card. And um, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a good exercise. You know, well,
0: and that, I would love for people to you know, and like I said, I not having experience in the format. Maybe, uh, you know, the people who are voting do have a lot of it. You know, obviously, you do have a lot more experience with those kind of cards in this format, and maybe they know something that I don't know. So, I mean, I, I would like to hear people, you know, if, if you guys are listening, you know, in, whether it's on the forums of of the articles, of the Community Cube articles, or the forum of this podcast, like, let me know, why is why is that card on the shopping block? Because I can't figure it out.
1: Yeah, I don't agree. I don't know. I love Manitide and Commons gives as well.
0: But, but, you know, but obviously, if people... I, but obviously, there's opinions out there against it, or not necessarily for it. So I kind of want to know more about that. So respond to us. before you post. <laughs> you know, I, I I just don't I don't get it. So someone enlighten me, please.
1: Pay one mana. Pay one white mana, Enlighten Tutor, just like Mana Tide.
0: And you know, and that's the thing is like there's you know, I don't know about I don't know about you guys or or Adam specifically. We haven't had a chance to to cube together yet but I am all about just the giant daggers. I think like the the uh, the emotional warfare of cards like Force Spike and Mana uh, can do a lot, both from a fun level of having fun playing your games, but both from kind of a demoralizing to your opponent level.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, God, sorry.
0: How do you feel about that?
2: I don't like demoralizing my opponents. <laughs> Are you gonna
0: liar. mention the card demoralize?
2: <laughs> you lie, sir. It's not a card. No, no, Usman, there's a difference. I like demoralizing you. <laughs> I don't like demoralizing <laughs> random opponents.
0: Speaking of which, uh, demoralize might be a good card, cause you know, if you have threshold, it's nobody can block.
1: What is that one? Like,
0: it's, it's from Odyssey, it's uh, each creature can't be blocked this turn except by two or more creatures, and if you have threshold, no creatures can block this turn. It's a two in a red instant is it from Odyssey.
1: Is it a... It's uh, oh, so it is a common. Huh. Yes, sir. Wow. And I, I was going to, uh, not to get off topic, but, like, when we were talking about Ruthless Invasion, there was a point that I wanted to bring up, is, like, cards like that, which, like, play... I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of differently, like, you know, that card uh, loses a lot of value because, like, half the creatures are artifacts. Like, there's some cards, like, uh, Guardian of the Guild Pack is a huge example, where it was good <laughs> in Ravnica, you know, in, you know, playing Ravnica, it was good, but in, like, Commons it's just insane. It's, like, almost like Progenitus, like, like Adam was saying, like, a protection for about 80% of the cards, that sounds about right. And there are cards like that which play pretty differently, like, from their native draft formats to, uh, like, a generic kind of, uh, which I guess a commons cube is. is kind of like a, for lack of a ter- better term, I guess, a generic limited format with just, like, everything awesome. And, like, you know, Kemba Skyguard, you know, is just, like, there's no poison decks to worry about. So, I mean, and that was one of the things that kind of uh, made it, uh, its value reduced in, like, uh, Scars draft. Was that, like, game two? Oh, okay, there's poison decks, so whatever. And there's cards like that which become better than they are in their native draft format because of uh, formats like you know uh, no poison, no. Well, isn't uh,
0: Lone Missionary a big example of that?
1: Yeah, and I remember like, and I think I wrote an article about that kind of like where uh like that card would have been like nuts in uh Zendikar like Zendikar 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 Worldwake. But, That's
0: a, oh, okay, for a second, I thought you were talking about a really, really big draft format.
1: No, no, it's like, you know, Triple Zen or, or <laughs> Zen Zen Dubs, and like, you know, like in Rise, it's just like, okay, here's, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it wasn't that good, it was just a like two mana, whatever, its body was just insignificant. And it's kind of the same way, like, you know, in a regular, you know, a commons queue, I'm more than happy to play a Lone Missionary, because it's, you know, helps destabilize, and bashes, and play it with Wormfade and Drake, and bash even more. But anyway, that was a small soapbox I wanted to get on. Okay, I'm going to get off. The soapbox, at least.
2: <laughs> hey, Anthony, do you have a sledgehammer I can borrow? Oh, no, my <laughs> kneecaps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know a guy who knows a guy in St. Louis. Good enough. <laughs> Give me their number after the show.
2: Put it in the show notes. Right. I'm going to genuinely feel bad. Like, Usman text me tomorrow. I got mugged.
0: <laughs> right. He's I'm like, like, oh. so You're like my... no, I'm seriously, that wasn't me, but seriously, that's kind of cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I have my kneecaps and bash and getting mugged. That'd be like the worst day.
0: Right. It's like, hey, dude, like, I actually tripped going down my front steps and dislocated both my patellas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or what might even be, I got to tell you what would be even funnier is if Adam if you let us know tomorrow that you dislocated both of your patellas oh, that snap. my friend that would be uh some funny stuff.
2: That that would be rough. <laughs> be some bad I would memes. not be pleased <laughs> to put <That's> it mildly. <laughs> Just uh, yeah. it's Like it's okay that I can
0: do it to Usman, but I would not be pleased if it was done to me.
2: That's true. That's
1: a griefing. There's more demoralizing well,
0: are there uh, are there any other uh, considerations as far as cross-formats of, uh, of things when you're building a pauper cube or, or playing a pauper cube that you need to think about that we haven't talked about already versus, say, a common-uncommon cube or a rare cube? Regular cube, however you want to put it.
1: Like one thing I like, found... Oh, sorry, sorry.
0: No, I was going to say, like, for example, if, let's say I am sitting down to draft a pauper cube and I'm like, hey, man, I've cubed a bunch, I've drafted a bunch, what kind of things if I was on your team and I would say, "Hey, what kind of things do I need to keep in mind if I want to be successful in this draft
1: uh, you gotta carry the team because i'm gonna i'm gonna lose <laughs> <laughs> but seriously like one thing I've uh, noticed in commons cubes is like uh, at least like say in my cube, my regular cube, it's about fifty percent creatures, fifty percent non creatures. I think there may be a little bit of variation, but like in my commons cube it's like uh I don't know maybe two thirds creatures one thirds uh, non-creatures. There's a lot more creatures like, A, because a lot, you know, there's a lot more, like, a lot of the bread and butter of limited formats is based on creatures, like the two twos and three threes etc. And like, I don't know, I just find that, like, uh, I don't know, just that drafting creatures like, at least keeping creatures in mind is definitely a good thing. Which is, I guess, kind of dumb. But, dumb to say, keep creatures in mind when playing limited, duh. But... I don't know, like...
0: Well, yeah, would it be fair to say something along the lines of hey, there will always be more creatures to draft, like, ways to win? Would it be fine, like, prioritizing spells a little bit then? Because there will be more creatures in general? Is that a fair assessment, or am I just talking out my butt?
2: No, sounds... I think that sounds right. Yeah. I, I it depends on the context. I mean, I think that In Popper Cube, there are far fewer incredible creatures, you know. For every Blastoderm, there's, like, five, um, like, two twos for two. Okay. You know, so, like, you know, there are times where, you know, if you have, you know, a phenomenal creature and you can pick it, um, you probably absolutely should um, over something like, you know, just, like, a really good utility spell. Like, you know, if you're in green and you have to choose... You should, you, know, you should always pick like Blaster. Yeah, you know, there's not really a deck where if you can play Cultivate, you shouldn't probably be playing Blaster instead. Okay, yeah,
0: I agree. Uh, Anything else? So what about as far as you know construction construction goes? As far as picking what you want in the cube, obviously it's it's every you know everyone's got their own agenda and what they what they perceive as being fun and magic and what they want to do with their cube. But is that another thing where you kind of have to, since Usman was, was just talking about the, the fact that you get a two-thirds, one-third thing, should you be prioritizing to make sure you have quality spells um, because there are already a, a lot of creatures that can make the cut? Or creatures yeah. that double as spells, um, especially, you know, come into play abilities, uh, things like Skirt Commando, uh, you know, common creatures that, that come with spells stapled to them in one way or another.
2: Yeah, I mean, creatures like that feel really good. I mean, I mean it's just like, um, you know, like Torch Slinger in Zendikar Limited. Like, you know, you could just play it as a 2-2 for 3 when you needed it, but if you kicked it, it was probably, you know, infinite value. Because mm-hmm. you killed something, and you're killing something else with your 2-2 now. Um, you know, for, from, you know, from like a construction standpoint, um, I mean, the two biggest things that will impact like what goes in your cube are... Um multicolored effects, you know if you if you want to have a lot of multicolored spells, you know your choices are are um, pretty severely limited. Um, maybe not as bad as multicolored rare, where there's just you know fewer really powerful multicolored cards. but um, yeah, you know, I mean that for you know th- there's you know there's several on the order of like con- consumed strength that you know we talked about and, and others. You know, but there's a lot that are like you know like uh fire at will and um, throw the hunt where they're they're good but they're not you know they're not exactly what you're looking for all the time hmm. um, it makes it difficult um especially for enemy color like blue red and blue and uh, white red are just really difficult to get cards in
0: is squeeze embrace um, common
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah I I mean, squeeze
0: embrace being very good in that limited format but i don't, I don't know how
2: yeah, I mean, when you, you know, when when your opponent has a shield's down moment, you get a plus two, plus two for two, and it gets, a, gets you a rebuy for free. Um, yeah, that certainly feels really awesome. But, um, you know, it's almost like a pseudo totem armor, in a sense. But, um, yeah, I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> hey, man,
0: I'm, I'm just trying. <laughs> I'm trying to let you know. Well, you were just talking about uh, finding ways to to fit cards in, especially with multicolor, and right. finding those finding those spells, which which led me to another question. That if you like, I can ask. and Maybe you'll remember your other point.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I was, I was also gonna say uh, when you were saying also about uh, like in construction, one of the things I thought of was uh like of Ephemeron. I think is a really good example. Like you know that card would never touch my regular cube at all. But it says something, like guess, about the, uh, like, uh, evasion is really useful, but it's, like, four power of flying, uh, and, you know, you can suspend it, which is, you know, the main reason i play it, but, like, the uh, relative size, like, I always think of commons cubes as, like, there's maybe, like, steps, like, one power, two power, three power, four power, you know, and there's, you know, it just seems like the steps are a lot more important, for lack of a better term, like, you know, in regular cubes you have, like, uh you know you have like six power you got like titans all over the place you got flying dragons, you got student warfare, figure destiny, all these like huge things, but a lot of things in common are very truncated around like you know say one two three power four power not you know it's pretty not that huge or you'll find them occasionally like on evasion it's rare you'll find them a lot on green things on five like you got blastoderm and that's it you got blastoderm, <laughs> but it seems like. Keeping those steps in mind, and I guess that's where the tricks, the combat tricks is also, the combat tricks are really useful to keep in mind, like, if you're drafting green kind of things. But, I don't know, it's just, like, keeping those things in mind. Like, if you were to see, like, say, like, Halimar Wavewatch, like, what is this garbage? Like, what is this wall? I ain't playing no wall, but, you know, it just blocks, like, everything. And just keeping those steps in mind I think is really useful when uh, building uh, decks. And also when building your cube as well, but I think... That may be more important when it's, like, when you're in the trenches uh, drafting,
2: actually. Uh-oh, my kneecaps.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
2: No, a little ache
0: in the kneecaps.
2: I love killing people with Wave Wavewatch. That card is not just blocked all day. I mean, it blocks all day, but...
0: Until you're ready to six, kill somebody six. with it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it becomes, it becomes a 6-6. Six, six. It's, like, it's big enough that it eats blaster. Think about that. Yeah. It's awesome. And there's Island Walk,
1: which is, like, you know, if your opponent is going to be like, oh, I'll play white, red, splash blue, it's like, okay, I'll just attack you all day. Also, mana fixing is also something also to keep in mind. Like
0: Yeah, that was the next question I was actually going to ask was how realistic is it to be playing three color decks or more? Um how how high should you be drafting your fixing? Obviously you get access to, you know, signets and bounce lands and you know the rampant growths and things like that, but it seems like your your options on fixing lands are, are going to be significantly diminished without the you know the typical starting thirty of, of duels ravnica duels and and fetch lands.
2: Well, you get some really good um, alternatives. I mean, I I personally don't run any of the signets, and I took out half the bounce lands. Um, I left in the the blue ones and green black because those are the only color pairs that seem to really want bounce lands. Um, but you know, you run the signets. Bounce lands, um, you can run the, uh, one of the, one of the, two of the cycles of lands that are deceptively good for color fixing are the, um, comes into play tap lands that can cycle, either for two pillows or for their respective color. Um, they feel really good to, to pick up because, you know, like if you're splashing just like for a single red or a single blue and you've got that, if you hit your island, you can just cycle that away instead of having this extraneous land, um, the you get the border posts, which are pretty good allies. Oh, okay, cycles, yeah, I forgot about the border posts. Um, yeah, it's super, I mean, basically they're they're like an invasion tap land. Um, they're, they're just as good, and if not better, because you can actually ramp with them, too, if you're that allied pair. Um, you can do things like the... Something that's deceptively deceptively strong are the um, invasion tap lands, where they, t- they come to play tap, and they tap for one color, or you sacrifice them to get... Um,
0: Pair of the enemy color. Oh, no. oh, 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 yeah, like, right, 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 right,
2: right.
0: The, uh, yeah. They used to play those in the, uh, oh, what deck was that, was the eggs. Balancing Act deck, I want to say, or like the Obliterate decks, or there was something that used to abuse those in some fashion.
1: I know some combo decks did, I, th- I don't know if Eggs, the Eggs combo deck played it, played those. I feel like I Balancing was, Act like was, was
0: one of, I feel Go like ahead. Balancing Act was one of them, because yeah. you just sacrifice your lands to get your mana, and then Balancing Act will get in them also.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. But, I mean, I find it's, uh, like, I find it's, in some cubes you can, like, force five-color control, like, you know, take every fixer, just because the fixing is so good. Like, dual, dual, signet, uh fetch land, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and uh, I guess I'll take some spells later. Like, I find that's not as easy to do. I mean, I, I've never actually tried to force five-color in a commons cube, but I don't really think that strategy really works. I... Like most but of the time
2: if, if you have all the bounce lands, all the signets, um and you know, some other dual lands and some cycling lands, you can definitely pull off like a four color, five color deck. I you know, I def- I saw it last year. Um I did a couple drafts at, at Nationals and I saw, you know, a couple four color decks pop up. This was before I cut this is after I cut the signets, but before I cut the bounce lands. So the decks would have been better with signets, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so I mean, it it depends on the support. I mean, if you put the good multicolored stuff in there that helps those decks exist, they'll definitely pop up. Um, but you know, the the thing that you can do is conscientiously pull back on that, which is what I did because then it actually makes greens like rampant growth and cultivate effects feel really good. Um, you know, you you don't end up just like playing signet signet bounce land and then any I can cast any spell in my deck. Well, yeah, that's not quite. You know what you know, that's not the that's not the limited that I like. You know, I like to see, you know, decks that reward consistency over raw power, you know, or potential power. Um you know, it's it's a little different. You know, you can definitely shape it either way at okay. Opera, like you can with a with a rare.
1: And I think that brings up a point is and I think that even applies to regular cubes is like uh, some things are just kind of uh, Dependent, I guess, on the design, like, I drafted a friend's uh, common cube, uh, it was a few years ago, it was the first common cube I drafted, and, like, aggro was just horrible. Like, you, like, somebody who had drafted a few times said, like, just play everything full value, always. Like, if you have uh, Keldon Vandals, always pay Echo, if you have Muldrifter, always pay uh, uh full v- don't evoke it, just full value, never evoke uh Inga Chewer, full value, just Full value everything because you just want to bleed every little bit of card advantage you know ever just like squeezing a sponge just like get every drop of water. But in like in say my commons cube or Adam's commons cube, that doesn't apply like because you know that you know there's you know supported aggro and stuff like that. And I think that kind of applies to just in regular cubes. Like you can draft somebody's dragon cube and it would just be like pass pass the Isamaru and whatever all day because that deck's not going to work out. And I. Think you know in both those examples, I think it just depends on the intent of, of the designer and well and how well those intentions work out. If that makes sense. <laughs> ah, my kneecaps again.
0: <laughs> what about uh? Do you guys use for the for the community cube? And like I said, I'm I, I'm sorry, I haven't looked through the entire set and looked through and poured over the list. But what about um, do you guys use uncards at all? I know those are. I suppose not, since our conversation about having it uh, moto legal. But was that a consideration at any point in the process?
2: Yeah, it's something I'd put up for vote, and it got, I think, two-thirds of the vote Pretty was was no straight up. Um, I think uncards get a bad rap because people remember playing Unhinged that one time with that weird friend who really loved it and, like, getting gotcha blowed out because they weren't thinking about what they were saying, and they're actually thinking about playing real magic.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, leaves a bad taste. But there, there are quite a few uncards that feel... Um, like, they belong in regular magic. Like, um, there's, uh, there's a blue card from Unglued, it's two and a blue, and basically it's, uh, it's a permanent humility, you know, it's a humility enchantment. It comes a 1-1 with no abilities. That feels very much like a real magic card, like, it's costed fairly, you know, it definitely is relevant, um, you know, you shut an air and ephemera off, you know, it's a blue removal spell, but people don't look at those kind of cards, you know, just because they don't, um, you know, they don't think anything with a silver border is, you know, relevant for play. Um, probably my favorite un-card is, um, is uh, Carnivorous Death Parrot. You know, because it gives you a 2-2 flying 2-drop um, in blue, uh, which right. is a color that's really, really hurts for those kind of efficient creatures. But it's also right on on the curve for, like, a white-blue aggro deck, you know, because whether you're dropping you know something like uh, like that or um uh Sky Night Legionnaire or not Skynight Legionnaire, the, the double white two two that mm-hmm. was just an uncommon lean in Sky, lean Hunter. Sky Hunter, in Skyhunter. Um you know that that it fits right in with the normal curve that you want to have anyway. You know, mm-hmm. and you know I I like that.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I definitely like that too. I mean I also like kind of the goofiness of some of the cards too because I feel like and you know uh as purist as I am about some things a lot of people absolutely swear well that doesn't feel like magic to me and it's like but if it's fun isn't like the hokey pokey isn't that what it's all about
2: i mean <laughs> i am not claiming I did a hokey
0: pokey cuz that card's actually broken but
2: yeah yeah no, i i seriously thought about putting it in just because they're i want a protection dude like that
0: yeah that card's just ridiculous
1: there's like a, I do wish that like a blast of the past was an actual card. On that aside, or like a, you know, an, a non uncard. Like that card, would, like I ran that in my cube for a while and loved it, and just just like just, just make it, just make it turn it legal. Come on. And by the way, if you play, what's that? What's that? Uh, hyenas. It's like a gray, uh, grizzly bears. And like when your opponent laughs, they gotcha and then bring it back. Oh, laughing hyenas. Oh god, that card would be. I would be horrible yeah, against that card. My- <laughs>
0: Oh, my favorite gotcha <laughs> card though is Stop That.
1: Which is yes. that one?
0: I, we played, um, at the Unhinged pre release, we played a, a two headed giant draft or whatever afterwards with our prize packs. And literally that card was just worth like 15 cards by itself.
1: What does it do? So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so every,
0: good. Every time, um, it's instant for a black one black instant, target player discards a card. But the gotcha is whenever an opponent flicks the cards in their hand, <laughs> say gotcha and bring it back to your hand and make them, eventually make them discard another card. Because you know some people are just like, ups- like obsessively, compulsively like flick the cards in their hands? You'd be like, stop that, discard a card. Stop that, discard a card.
2: Stop that, discard a card. Somebody asked me, hey Adam, uh, I noticed that you, know, you, you almost always put your hand down when it's not your turn. Why do you do that? And I'm like, uh, because I played a lot of Unhinged. (laughs) They just look at me all funny, and I'm just like, you know, the the secret is is I'm focusing on what they're doing and how they're looking at their cards, and I don't want to be distracted by the delicious cards in my hand, but um, it certainly helps.
0: Yeah, I think, like, Kill Destroy is another ridiculous one as well.
2: That yeah, idea? I mean, that's just not fair. Right. Sure. I mean, the, I mean, the, the gotcha cards are, like, number crunch is a common. I could put it in my cube, but it's absolutely, bustedly unfair. Right. That card is not a real card. Is that the bounce? A double header, like, that's a good one. Like, the one of the other cards. Double header, however, is a card I just took out, but that's an excellent example of a wacky card that feels... Good, because it's basically, you know, you get a 2-3 flyer for, for a three, double blue, yeah. five mana, but when it comes into play, you return target two-word permanent to its owner's hand. So you nail, like, almost all the bounce lands, almost all of the creatures that can be played. Um, you know, when you start looking through, and I'm like, how many permanents have two words in their name? And you start to count it up, and it, it's pretty gross. Like, it's pretty much a flyer that bounces when it comes into play.
1: Yeah, I just remember, like, when I was, uh, I remember when I was uh, thinking about that card, I was like, uh, all the cards, like, almost all the balance lines, like, Golgari Rot Farm, is it, but, like, Boros Garrison, Azorius Chancery, uh, Celestine Sanctuary, and, like, wow, this seems really annoying. And I'm assuming it was, like, when, when people played
0: <laughs> and so I just, I, you know, I, I, I just feel bad when people, you know, automatically discard things that just because, well, That doesn't feel like a real magic card. And granted, some of it I totally understand, because some of them are actually just ridiculously overpowered. But like I said, there's, I I think, a certain element of fun in a lot of cards that people just refuse to see the fun aspect of it because it's got a silver border.
2: Like, probably a card that... I I think that probably personifies a good card that sits right on the line between obviously powerful and and... ridiculously fun is like jackin' the mocks. You know, because it's it's cost zero, you get the mox effect, but you know, one in six you know, one you know, you have a one in six chance that it just dies. Yeah, no, you know, so like if base. you just want to ramp a, a random colorless mana for free, you know, it feels, you know, fine. And sometimes you you know you walk and you get the exact color you need to cast this double casting cost card on turn two that's just a you know absurd. Like I'm gonna molten ring your bounce land. You know, like, I've seen that happen, it's not pleasant. Is Jack in the Mox a common? No, it's a rare. It's not in my cube, but for, like, you know, just cubes in general, like, who, what, where, when, why, you know, the ultimate, you know, split card, but, yeah, you know, Jack of the Mox, you know, for, if you don't have a powered cube, but you want something that lets you taste that, you know, I think Jack of the Mox is a really good compromise.
0: Love who, what, when, where, why.
2: Especially on a stick.
0: Especially on Isochron Scepter. <laughs> oh, it's also very good, though, with Chrome as it turns out. And, like, you know, and most of the modes are reasonable. That's the thing. Like...
2: I mean, it's just, it's just a utility spell. Like, like all of the cards are sideboard cards stapled together. And when you put five sideboard cards together, yeah, it's probably main deckable.
0: Yeah, you're probably finding some, uh, probably finding some use out of that one.
2: And if you're, like, in a five-color control deck, I mean, literally, you have a toolbox in a card.
0: Yeah, I am just, uh, you know, like I said, I am... I'm a fan, and you know, and there are some things I'm saying. You don't want to deal with half manas, and that you know a lot of people actually uh, really like City of the Ass for that reason. They're like, it's the ultimate mana fixer. And to me, now that there's no mana burn, I don't think I ever want to run that card because I, I, the, the half mana for me is something that I would want people to take mana burn from if they're using it in their cube, and I feel like. That's kind of why the card was made partially to cast, you know, half mana effects or whatever. But there's not a whole lot of those. But the fact that there's just literally no drawback to it when there should be kind of makes me cringe from that card in in cube.
2: Yeah, it's like the super uh, Grand Coliseum, essentially. Right. Well, no, I mean, City of Bass was better than City of Brass when it was printed with right. Mana Burn. And then it got better. So, um
1: Right, it just yeah, comes yeah. in a play tap,
0: that's the only deal.
2: Yeah. I mean it Oh it does. Yeah. Okay. So it's not better than City Brass. Right. right. Yeah. I mean it's, okay. it's definitely pure upgrade from like uh Grand Coliseum for sure. I mean there there are interesting angles you can take with that. Um my buddy's cube that I that I drafted with the other week, he has a little girl in there. He has a foil little girl and written on it is you must first pick this. Oh. And so basically it's the troll card Where if you, you know, you can open up a totally sweet pack But you get a little girl, so you dud pick
0: Yeah, see, my troll card is just like one of the best cards in the cube So My my mandatory one pick So at least you don't feel like you're getting ripped off The only time that sucks is when, you know You're in pack three You have the three control The three creature control special And there's your imazobas shit Enjoy it Yeah Or when you, or when you, uh, or when you draft uh, rotisserie, and everyone's, you know, we're picking who gets first pick, and someone's like, "Yeah, I got first pick," and they're all happy, and you're like, "Here's your (laughs) jit."
2: No, you just lost the jit lottery, right? Or did you win?
0: Right when really, you know, everyone's like, "Come on, second pick! Come on, second pick!"
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: What did I sign up for? I signed up for losing the lottery. It seems
0: right now. What about um? I you know once again, here's me with my questions. Um, what about commons that really don't behave like commons? Uh, for the community cu- cube and and both for popper cube, but I guess more for the community cube. Things like sinkhole, that's just you know, random twenty-five dollar common or or whatever it is. I
1: was about to say, it seems like it's a lot more
2: than that.
0: No, I don't think so. I think it's. I don't know, twenty-five or thirty. I think
2: it's in that range. Do the mobile? I think it's ticked up a little bit. The unlimited ones. I mean, I picked up an Alpha Syncol for like sixty. Low price, thirty-five. I mean, like a mint one.
0: Yeah, I just sold uh, a few uncommon, uh, a few unlimited ones recently for seventeen each to a dealer, nineteen each. I'm just like, I'm just never using these. I still have my Beta one, but yeah. Like, wh- what about that as far as inclusion in the uh, both in you know? Well, for both community cube or for the, any any old popper cube.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if we um, I think if we discovered that a specific card turned out to be worth um, way more than it should be. I mean, like Sinkles probably the most notorious example, but like um, you know, like any pimped cube can have those problems. Like a like a like an original foil Rancor, um, you know, like a like a like a mint Alpha Terror. Um, trying to think of what other cards I've had in my cube at one point that I probably shouldn't have. Um, you know, things like that are, are um, you know, it's, it's a personal decision. You know, for the community cube, we're trying to avoid that. You know, I, I think okay. call. I just left it off just because it's not reasonable. Even online, it's not the easiest card to get. Uh, cause I think it was only in Master's Edition 1. I think it was like 83, I think. Yeah, like something like that. Maybe it's not as bad as I thought. Master's 4. Um, but the, you know, for, for personal cube, like, I had Sinkhole in for a while, when I had all, you know, and it was, fi- it was fine when I had all ten bounce lands. Like, it gave, like, the black-heavy deck, like, the blue-black deck that wanted to be controlling, like, being able to zap an opponent's bounce land, like, just, you know, like, it was a control trump. You uh-huh. know, like, okay, cool, you just lost tempo, and I nuked one of your best lands. Like, that felt fine for two mana. You yeah. know, same with, like, him to Torak, like, oh, sweet, I just ripped your hand apart. Great. Um... You know, but when I took the when I took the bounce lands down to down to five and you know the rest of the lands really weren't worth destroying, you know, it wasn't really that good for for my cube anymore. I took it out, you know. But there are definitely um I'm trying to think of if there's any card that's comparable.
0: Well for board. for me the comparison would be like mana Drain and common uncommon cubes.
2: Yeah. Or, I mean, or like is a library rain.
0: of Alexandria like an uncommon technically or you know, things like that. There's another one of those ridiculously expensive.
2: They're like silver libraries and uncommon, yeah. Like, um,
0: like does that go against? Is is the spirit of it? I guess what I'm asking is the spirit of it. You know, we're talking about pauper here or peasant or whatever it is. Is the spirit of it the fact that there are? It's not you don't have expensive cards in it, or is the spirit of it just that we're going to build this with this rarity? Because to me, it would feel like if I had a common-uncommon cube, it would almost be, like, against the spirit of things to have mana drain and uh, library in there. Because it kind of, you know, well, then why not play rares if you're playing those cards, you know? Right.
2: right. Well, I mean, for, for, for common-uncommon cube, of I like of like will it's like, though, too, it's like the Sol Ring
0: question. At least, at least Force of Will, yeah, right, same thing. But at least, you know, at least Force of Will is not, you know, only okay in cube, as where something like Sol Ring is just...
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: retardo, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's comparable to, um like, running power in the cube. You know, like, like a lot of people like doing powered and unpowered. Well, if you're playing with all the best rares, why aren't you playing with power? You know, like, you can make that same type of argument, and it's really not the same. You know, I, you know I'll grant that, but, um you know, I, I think that there are really good reasons for running stuff like Sinkhole and Soul Ring and power in, you know, those rarities of cubes, but... I don't think that it takes. I, I think that it actually opens up more doors when you don't have those cards in a queue. You know, um, I like the, I like popper queue because of the restriction, the, the feel of attacking with good creatures and blocking with good creatures and removal. Like that's that's what makes Magic exciting for me. Like I get you know I get flashbacks to Giant Manis and and kills Jornan dead you know that's what that's what i remember about learning magic so it just it's these big creatures and swinging and attacking and blocking you know right, so and that's kind of like that.
0: why i like corset drafting for at least a while whenever it comes out is that i feel like it goes back to a little more of the the fundamentals the fundamental skills of magic uh, yeah. unlike being able to draft a linear like allies in zendikar or you know like having Jedi. to having to quote unquote know the format where you can just do something and just draft a solid curve with tricks and with removal and, and some other stuff and, and have a really good deck and a really good time and have success with it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, if, you, if you're approaching Popper from the perspective, well, I need a budget cube, I don't want to spend money, mm-hmm. you know, well, if you're doing a budget cube, why don't you use, like, uh, something like, you know, a major online retailer, you know, and you pick them and you use that to set, like, your threshold. Like, I, you know, if a card's more than 50 cents, it doesn't belong in my cube. You know, and so like you get access to like more than just commons. Why would it just be commons at that point when you can find cards that you know are, you know, some bulk rares and some got you know some really good uncommons that certainly uh, are are a quarter of pop or less. Um, You know, so I mean, you know, it's it's one of those personal decisions you make as a cube builder. You know, I picked I picked common as a rarity restriction, um, partially because I you know Eric Eric uh, Eric really. You know, he does uh, the altars online. Um, he He's a former local to the area. He went to school here, and he's coming back, um, you know, later on. He he had a common-uncommon cube, and my other friend had a rare cube, and so I didn't want to overlap with them. And I always liked peasant and popper as formats. so I, you know, I got into it, and I really enjoy it. But um, that was a decision I made just for, for the rarity. Um, you yeah, know, I, I think that you can pimp out and spend a lot of money, you know, at all the rarities of, of sure. card. So. Yeah, I just didn't
0: like, you know I guess I guess my question was more about the spirit of it and, and, and how do you guys look upon the spirit of it. Is it is it just a financial thing? Is it just a hey let's see if we can do this with this and you know, it, i do didn't know if those those high money cards would were against the spirit of things for you guys.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I like I built my Commons Cube because I don't know, it's something new to tackle. Like like sometimes like I, I feel like uh Sometimes it feels like people get in their comfort zone, and I just wanted to get out of it. Just like I want to look at Commons cubes, see how like because it, it's a little different. You know, it's a different kind of mentality. And like we were talking about it before the show, it's like how do you kind of uh, shift like mentalities, like context, things like that. And it's it's you know, it can be different. Like for someone who's used to a rare cube to get into that zone and just kind of get used to it. Like uh, you know, knowing the five, the four drops in black in a com in like a rare cube, like you know, Juzom... Uh, Plague Slayer, Persecutor, uh, Necrotal, whatever. And get, I guess, for lack of a better term, kind of get used to it, and you're just like, well, what about this card? Well, it does whatever compared to this. It just, I don't know, kind of a comfort zone thing. But uh, at least for, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think Sinkhole feels that out of place for me. Like, then, of course, I just proxy it. I'm just like, okay, here's a Sinkhole, because I'm cheap. But, like, I think for uncommon cubes, I think just the jump, like, Sinkhole's a great card in commons cube for sure, but I just think the jump for uh, peasant cubes, from like you know, if they include cards like uh, the like Soul Ring, Library, and arguably Skull Clamp, like those are just like those are the top cu- tier of cards for like powered cubes. Like Soul Ring is like I'll, I'll windmill slam that card all day, no matter what cube I'm drafting because that card is ridiculous.
0: And I think yeah, because it's right because it's just uh, absurdly powerful.
1: Yeah, like that guy's card, it just seems like the power jump for there is just a lot higher. Right, I mean, I think Sinkhole is a really good card. But I just don't feel that jump is that, like, you know, between say, uh, average black card and sinkhole, uh, you know, just like how how different that feels in terms of power versus average, uh, peasant card and uh, that trinity, you know, soul ring, uh, ring, library and skull clamp. Just like that jump is just huge. Like I'm staring at the ceiling because just, the ceiling is just that big. But I mean, it so
0: so for you, it's more of a of a of a play. Experience thing, not a a price thing.
1: No, I mean I proxy everything. I don't care <laughs> price. <laughs> right, I but, don't
0: care. Sure, but it's it's more <sighs> about. <anything
1: else.
0: laughs> what about what about you, Adam? Like, how do you feel about that?
2: Um, I, I, I like the the restriction of working in the rarity. You know, I I don't really care about the price. Um, like, I mean, I was willing to to pimp my sinkhole in my pomper cube. I think that says everything I need to say about how I think. Um. Yeah, you know, how I approach kind of kind of cubing it at, sure. uh, with commons.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, and like yeah, and just to toot Adam's, you know, his cube. It's just like like I remember when I drafted it, it's just like, geez, this thing is pimped out. Like it's it, it's like Anthony Your Cube, it's like how pimped that is. I'm like the unpimp person on this episode. <laughs> I'm like here's my proxy of solemn simulacrum.
2: Well, see, now you have to, no excuse not to, pro- to proxy that card because it's been reprinted
1: well, once with command and it's being
2: reprinted too. again in M12. That's very true. Which, dirty. by the way, infinite Im- prints
0: uh, at the risk of my kneecaps. Um,
2: <laughs> no, go I ahead. Think it's kind of
0: in- I think it's kind of insulting when they reprint invitational cards without the invitational competitors on them in some form or another. I wasn't a fan when they did it with meddling mage. Not a fan that they're doing it with solemn simulacrum even though the original art was used in the Commander decks, I, uh, I don't like it. Yeah, I think it's kind crappy. That's it. Just wanted to get that out there.
1: I, I agree. I just think that's kind of weird. I don't, I don't know if it's because of like trademark stuff and or legal reasons, but it just feels weird. It's like, why is similar from well, some wire? Well,
0: well, obviously, things? the art is still fine because they just reprinted it. So it's not like it's like a... Uh, I know for a while they were having troubles with like Richard Kane Ferguson art or other artists that they weren't allowed to... They would have had to play, pay some absurd amount of money to the artist because they're no longer in their employ to reprint a specific artwork. But they just reprinted it in the commander deck, so obviously that's not the issue. So, you know, why change it? And I, I don't know. I just feel that that's kind of insulting to the competitors and, and kind of the history of the game.
1: Yeah, that's that's weird. it's just me. I agree. It's that's, uh, that's pretty awkward. It's a. It's you know, pretty. Uh, of
0: players are like, I don't give a crap who this guy is because he doesn't play anymore, and I don't care who he is, and he's some some pudgy European guy, and I don't care. But <laughs> I guess I do. I guess I just care too much. It's like such a great when people ask you what your biggest weakness is in job interviews. You know, I'm just a perfectionist, and I care too much.
1: <laughs> there you go. Well, is
0: there uh, anything else you guys want to uh, talk about with the uh, as far as the Pauper Cube? Obviously, we'll, we'll go over everything again on on how people can find a community cube. But uh, anything else you guys wanted to cover that you want people to know either about the community cube or about uh, drafting or, or building a Pauper Cube?
1: Like, if I had to say myself, like you know, and I kind of felt this way before I built my regular cube. It just like the ter- I think I've talked about the term paralysis of analysis just kind of getting, like, seeing a lot of information out there. It's like, well, do I want to put this in my cube? Do I want to put this? Are my four drops okay? Or do I want to put this? You're just like, this paralysis of analysis, like, it's just, I always just found it was better to just jump in and do it. Like, I kind of felt that same way, like, even though I had a regular cube for years, and then I was just like, okay, I'm going to build my popper cube. And it kind of felt the same way. Like, I looked through a bunch of lists look through Gatherer, look through magiccards.info for, like, every card. There's just so much information, I was like, man, this is nuts. And then eventually it was just like, dude, just, just do it. Shut up. Just build this thing. Yeah, shut up. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it. Just, like, uh, don't be afraid to just jump in. You know, it may seem like a lot of information. Even if people have had cubes and just want to build another one, it's, you know, an interesting take. It's an interesting riff on cubing. Like, you know, there, it's a different uh, kind of thing. You know, just, like, a lot more creatures. There's, it's, like, the whole steps analogy. I, you know, I don't know if it's a weird, a pa- I, you know, take a shot Usman weird analogy, but I think it makes sense. Like, the steps of power and toughness, it's different. It's fun. Like, I still have my commons cube. Still love it. Even though it never seems to get drafted, but I still love it.
2: Uh-huh. Adam, what do you got to say? Uh, I think I've said everything I need to say. I uh, try to avoid soapboxes where I can.
0: (laughs) He values his ability to walk too much. Also be really awkward when people ask him, you know, what happened. He's like, well, (sighs) I had to uh,
2: I had had to 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 teach people on the internet how to think. (laughs) 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 And how to do podcasts. (laughs) No, that I need to do. Seriously. You need to get, like, Real software. Like I don't know that anybody out there knows, but Usman had to go get duct tape to tape something to record this. I don't know what software requires duct tape, but I'm pretty sure none of them do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what happened that last time when we tried recording? Like normally just use gramo, but like apparently they don't want my money. So okay, I'll just use duct tape and wrap it around here and use Audacity.
2: <laughs>
0: So if uh, if anybody wants to donate software to us or the price of software, by all means, you just just think of how you can help a a poor Usman in your world of having to use duct tape. Maybe we can make like a little commercial of you like slow motion, like duct taping the microphone to the speaker with a very sad look in your face. You could be all emaciated, you know,
1: to make it it, like like, feed
0: the children. Does
1: it have like the sad commercial too? Like the like uh, the like the piano music and. Whatever.
0: Right, and we can be like, just for the cost of a cup of coffee a day, you can have Usman never have to use tape on a microphone again. <laughs> Isn't that worth it? No. It we could have like Sally help. Struthers or somebody like do the commercial too. <laughs> Maybe we gotta think. Who? What celebrity could we get to do it?
1: Hmm.
0: Hmm thinking deeply here. I wonder if we can get like... I don't know. I'm trying to think who would be a combination of fat and recognizable.
2: Don Goodman? I don't know. Paul Reiser?
0: Paul Reiser? (laughs) Is Paul Reiser fat now?
2: Uh, Taking the wild guess at that one.
0: (laughs) Because, you know, I think of Paul Reiser and I just think of him being a a giant jerk in Aliens.
2: Huh.
0: (laughs) But that's just me apparently. That's all right.
1: I was about to do a Google image search, but yeah, it ain't worth it. I, I'm already there. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> oh, but, by the way, we I just realized we can't take a collection for Usman um, because if you donate to Usman, you're helping the terrorists win.
1: Oh, oh that's true. right. In the terrorists have yeah. already won.
2: The terrorists,
1: like, yeah, they're going to win. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm, I'm looking at recent photos of Paul Reiser. Yeah, he's chunked out a little bit. He's an old guy. Wow. Maybe we can
0: get Paul Reiser to ask uh, for donations. Feed the, feed the Usman's computer.
1: <laughs> feed the third power. Right.
0: Maybe we can, like, but you have to donate your money in, like, cubic amounts.
1: <laughs> <So> <laughs> you have to donate, like, $8. Yeah. Let's say, like, $216, donate it to, to us. <laughs>
0: Someone's like, I donated 216 cents. Woohoo!
1: <laughs> Every little bit counts.
0: <laughs> Every little bit counts. And it might just be one last roll of duct tape that Usman has to use.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: that duct tape's running just out. I mean, it's kind of getting low. But it
0: is. See that? Uh
2: oh. <laughs> I'd like to see you proxy duct tape. Oh, I totally will. <laughs> can, you, can you do that? Like, don't proxy magic cards. Like, seriously, in all seriousness find the cards, trade for them, or just figure it out. Like, don't use the card if you don't have it. Like, that's kind of my approach. Like, I have commander decks where I don't have cards for it, because I don't own the card. So I use something else. But, you know, if you could find a way to proxy duct tape, I, I'm i pretty sure I would buy the software for you, even though I'd be paying money directly to a terrorist organization. <laughs> sure, well, I'm,
0: I'm proxy duct it. tape could be using, like, scotch tape. Is that close enough?
2: I see some kind of, like, adhesive, like, I don't know, can you repair a pipe with Scotch Tape?
0: I mean, maybe if you use enough of it. (laughs) Maybe like Scotch Tape and bubblegum.
2: There we go. Maybe that's something to vote on. You know, you take a picture of this, you know, Scotch taped Cube podcast (laughs) recording conglomerate and then vote, like, is this sufficiently proxied? (laughs) See what people say.
0: (laughs) Power to the people. Power to the community, just (laughs) like the Community Cube. Amen. Hey Adam, won't you tell everybody where they can where they can find all of the information on it, where they need to go, where they need to go to vote, all that good stuff.
2: Uh, well, you can find um, find lots of information every Wednesday at GatheringMagic.com. Uh, the you can go to Facebook.com/communitycube and you'll get. Uh, you get a whole bunch of information. Um, you'll see all the articles that have gone up. Uh, you can definitely leave comments, uh, take some pictures, make suggestions, anything you want to share or say about it. Um, that would be a great starting point for you to jump in on. And uh, keep watch on the Community Cube hashtag, which is, uh, you know, hash com with two Ms, cube. And, uh, you know, if you see something like that pop up in your Twitter feed, you know, it might be a draft, it might be... Um, what event the cube's going to be at next, but um it's uh you know just another way to keep, keep track of what's out there and uh give your two cents if you'd like.
0: Cool. And you said it's also online too, right?
2: Yeah, it's at um tapped out. Uh, and that will be in the show notes. That uh that link's a little bit longer. But um if you go to Tapped Out, I think if you search for the Cube, it's the community cube, uh oddly enough. And um Shockings. Yes, it's live online. Uh, there will be some, some drafts going on uh, this coming weekend. This will probably go up a little bit after that. But um, you can definitely take a look at the list, open a sample pack. Um, you can see the, the color distribution just like you know you, you normally would. Um, and there's also the, the full list for the cube in uh, Google Docs. Oh, okay. And so I'll include that, uh, that link. Uh, the, and 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 a public document that everybody
0: can view then?
2: Yep. It's it's public. Uh I can edit it and Trick can edit. And Trick, and can, trick edit it can edit it, I'm sure. but... Yeah, but um you, know, you can definitely just go ahead and, and uh you know jump and take a look. You can export it and do all the analysis and stuff that you want.
0: Sweet. Well we'll be sure to put uh, all those links in the show notes for you guys as well. Yeah, so that way be. people people who are lazy and don't want to listen or, or copy things down or you know want to use the convenience of technology. Can just go ahead and uh, go ahead and do some clicking.
1: Back so, <laughs> cool,
0: you guys. Well, hey, yeah, this is uh, I, I think this is a, a really exciting project. I'm sorry that I'm not going to be be there at Gen Con, but maybe it'll make uh, make its way down my way s- soon. And and absolutely, if, if I'm able to, once you guys put up <coughs> put up the information on on where to donate cards, I'd be more than happy to do that as well. So
2: yeah that information will be coming up uh very soon, so stay tuned watch out. you'll definitely uh, have an opportunity to contribute right. Sweet.
1: and also uh before we forget like how do we uh people like contact you like uh twitter email etc all that fun stuff
2: <laughs> sure uh well, you can um you can always leave feedback on on uh, one of my articles. um I try to catch it all um but you can reach out on me uh to me on Twitter. Uh, the underscore stibs stybs
0: Sweet and Usman your information how do we find you?
2: I don't know just look for a terrorist organization. <laughs> you <laughs> go to the post office since they are 10 most wanted. there you go That <laughs> picture of some guy like hey <laughs> <I>
1: <laughs> <got>
0: www.plo.com
1: <laughs> My uh, Twitter is a uh, Usman the Rad. With like that weird looking sarkin picture with a smiley face. And I also have my blog, which I just recently uh changed like the layout and whatever. I'm still kind of tinkering with it at uh I'd rather be cubing at uh I'd rather be com.
0: Sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm close to finalizing my updated list and hopefully I'll have my list on there soon. I, I do like the layout though. I, I think it's a it's a lot more pleasurable to the eyes reading it now than before. As long as you don't go all MySpace on it and start doing, like, repeating backgrounds that don't scroll, even though the words scroll in front of it.
1: And oh, man. Ugh. Like, I have seen so many bad GeoCities and Angel Fire pages never to do that Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, oh God. I remember those days. It was just painful to the here's, eyes.
1: Here's a picture of a duck walking or something, like a two-frame GIF file. Like, beep, 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 beep. It looks so, so bad. But, no, none of that. None of that on the blog. Very
0: cool. And if you guys want to get a hold of me, you can find me uh, on Twitter as well at Anthony42, A-N-T-K-N-E-E-4-2. Um, and uh, you can find my Cube articles, uh, one of which just recently went posted about Survivor Draft on quietspeculation.com. And uh, Usman writes for StarCityGames.com, so check him out there. And uh, Adam, of course, writes for The Mothership, so you can check him out at N T G is, is your article still go up there weekly? Is that right?
2: Yep, every, every Tuesday. Tuesday. serious fun.
0: There it is. All right, guys. Well, and quick, I right?
2: uh, and I almost forgot. Uh, you can also uh, check out the great casual content at Quiet Speculation. I edit all the casual Timmy articles there. And you can also, if you if you're interested in Popper Cube and you want to get into some more details and look at some kind of, I would almost put it's like case studies of cards. Uh, you can check out my Popper Cube blog at thepoppercube.wordpress.com.
1: Yeah, there's some really good stuff there. There was, like, a post uh, you did about, like, Brainstorm and Ponder and, like, (laughs) those draw threes. Like, I should link that in the show notes, because that that was was pretty awesome. It does stuff, yeah.
0: (laughs) It does (laughs) things. Very cool. Well, hey, guys. Well, hey, thanks for coming together. It's nice to uh, be able to podcast again after a a long hiatus. Hopefully, we will not experience that again. Uh, Usman and I have have an idea for uh, another podcast we want to record in the very near future once we can uh, track down our other guest and uh, who's on a different coast than us. So once we do that, uh, episode 17 will be uh, soon to come. Remember, if you were subscribing before, go ahead and resubscribe because of the old recent problems with MTGcast. Uh, So get us to subscribe. And if you happen to see us somewhere, by all means, ask us for awesome uh, Maloku tokens done by Inkwell Looter. Um, I, I'm also, I think, willing. If if people want to contact me, um, I'd be willing if you can help me out with like a self-addressed stamped envelope. I'd, I'd be more than happy to to send you some. So uh, let yeah. me know if you guys are interested in getting some of those, and I'll be I'll see what I can do to get sure. you some. So.
2: I just realized something, and I hope it's not too late to ask. The Moloko makes illusion tokens. Correct. correct. So pretty much, like, you want to go gangbangs on um, gangbusters. Wow. Uh, On uh, Lord of Unreal. Yes.
0: Yeah, that guy.
2: Then you turn your Moloko into a Spanish Moloko. (laughs) <laughs> right
0: Now if you have a Spanish Maloku, You get to turn him into Oh jeez. <laughs> By the way I'm very, I am very. was very close I actually located a foil Spanish Maloku, um, But have to figure out a way It's on a, uh, a European card market And it's about 35 euro So we're looking at about 50 bucks or so Or, <laughs> or probably more than that But I'm having a hard time Figuring out how to purchase it I think I'm going to have to find a European buyer to be able to purchase it and send it to me because I couldn't find any way to, to use U.S. dollars to get it. So yeah, maybe one of our listeners is a is a European buyer and can uh, maybe help me out with that because, man, I would sure love to get that card. So I kind of like the, the all the illusion guys. Kind of nifty. Anyway, that's another talk for another time. It's another podcast. Very, true. <laughs> Very cool, guys. Well, hey man, thanks uh, Adam for for coming on and talking about it. I'm excited to see it, and I, I think it's a, a really neat idea. Um, I don't know who it was that came up with it or how you guys decided to do it, but Trick, I'm a fan. Trick,
2: Trick's Trick's idea. Trick came up with how to do it.
0: Very, very cool. Well, all the credit in the world to him, and and uh, thanks to you for coming on and and editing all my curse words out of all my articles, and <laughs> even though some of them were were really funny, and I was very sad to see them go. But,
2: I, I left your links in to that's random good. random dancing.
0: You <laughs> didn't, didn't leave the one. didn't leave the one link in though, from a couple a couple uh, articles ago. <sighs> yeah,
2: my yeah, book I,
0: my book link, but it's all right. But no, the only reason I linked that dance is because that's what I looked over and saw mid game after, <laughs> as as Todd had had beat. <laughs> Uh Weinberg and Weinberg is sitting there looking dejectedly. Sam just stood up and was just going to town. <laughs> it's possibly one of the funniest things i've I've seen in a really long time, so
2: Jeez. maybe 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 we should write like uh like i I could probably stand to do some dancing like maybe that should be like the magic player's like guide to exercise like when you when you crush somebody in a draft, you have to like get up and do like a complete set of the thriller. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, th- I think it'd be okay just to do the, you know, the the claw hands to one side and then the other and kind of go back and forth a couple times. You oh, know, you,
2: you want to be a creeper.
0: Right, right. The claw, 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 walk. Claw, 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 walk. I think that would be enough as a celebratory dance, especially if you're playing a black deck. Or Does have, like, like Grave Titan in play.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really awesome, like, a Grave Titan, like, made to look like Michael Jackson or something.
0: See that? Because it comes with all the zombies. Yep, pretty sweet.
1: Clue, <laughs> get on it.
0: I was just gonna say, if there's someone who likes the idea, I still am disappointed that uh, I was never able to to get Squadron Hawks made um, of the uh, the four Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. And and then obviously on on each of the bottom of them it would say who are you gonna call.
2: <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, might not be relevant anymore. But that's okay.
2: I'm okay. well, Ghost, Ghostbusters really hasn't been relevant since the mid '90s.
0: Oh, but it will be again soon. From my understanding, they're make, they're making it re, remaking the uh, Ghostbusters, either remaking it or making a third one. I don't remember which.
1: I think a third one. Not sure though.
0: But we all want to forget about Ghostbusters too, anyway. Yeah, so, that's true. all right, guys. Well, I think that's uh, about it for this week. Like I said, tracked down a community cube. Awesome, awesome project just an amazing thing, and once Gen Con launches, make sure you guys are going out there to those Star City events. They're great things. There are always a bunch of us around cubing, so there's always cubing to be had at those events. So, by you know, seek us out. Let us know. We'll get, uh, get a cube in your hands and get you guys playing. That's about it for this week, you guys. Have, a good, uh, have some good time off, and uh, we'll see. We'll look forward to the launch of the Community Cube. Thanks. Peace out. All right.